Before we get started, I need to mention that in this episode, there will be multiple instances where witnesses and family refer to Merritt Wheeler as Indian rather than the preferable Native American. I have made a choice to include these instances rather than cut them out because that descriptor, however outdated, does become relevant related to the credibility of a written description of Merritt that will come later in the episode. So let's talk about the shirt. The shirt in question was found at the scene where Merritt's truck was located. It's listed on two different DeSoto County property reports, and it's described as, quote, green, long-sleeved shirt, parentheses, army, and in the other one, shirt, long-sleeve, green with print, containing bloodstains. This shirt would become a bone of contention for Deputy Dan. He questioned Connie, Willie, and Frankie about it extensively. That shirt was shown to Frankie Lamar's ex-employer at the gas station in town, where he'd worked before being fired, and his ex-employer confirmed that it was Frankie's shirt. His boss's name was Lowell Aldridge, and he remembered when he first saw Frankie wearing it, he said to himself, I really like that shirt. I'd like to have one just like it. He told investigators that Merritt's wife would come to see Frankie at work often, and he once observed them kissing. A co-worker of Frankie's, named Charles Welch, also confirmed that he had seen him wearing that shirt. He also remembered Frankie telling him once that he was living with a woman, and they were staying together right across the street from her husband. According to this co-worker, Frankie found that whole situation very funny. According to Deputy Dan's summary, the co-worker's wife, Dorothy, saw that same shirt while it was being shown to her husband, and she said, that's Frankie's shirt, without hearing any of the conversation between her husband and the deputy. In addition to people at Frankie's former place of employment, another shirt witness was a clerk at the local grocery store, Tinsley's Groceries. She had allegedly identified the shirt as Frankie's. She remembered that he had come into the store to cash a check a few days before the murder. At that time, she said he was wearing mirrored sunglasses, and she remembered him because he scared her. She felt for some reason like he was going to rob the store. Only one witness attributed that shirt to someone else. Carolyn Rippa, who was married to Willie Lamar, Frankie's dad, when she was shown that shirt, thought it belonged to Pete Duell, Connie's brother. To say that Deputy Dan was obsessed with this shirt, almost to the exclusion of other evidence, is an understatement. He pretty much badgered Connie and Willie and Frankie about that shirt, but they all continued to deny ever seeing the shirt before. My concern about these shirt witnesses is that we only have Deputy Dan's word for what these people actually said and how these conversations played out. I don't have a single audio recording or witness statement transcript of any of these witnesses related to that shirt that was recovered from the scene. All I have are one or two sentence summaries 
of what Deputy Dan said that these witnesses told him. I have pages and pages of him asking about this shirt over and over again, and so I'm going to recreate some of these interviews. I don't have a single interview where Deputy Dan is talking to Pete Duell about the shirt. In fact, I don't have a single interview transcript at all of anyone interviewing Pete Duell. Connie's brother Pete had left town, but eventually he did return to Arcadia and was arrested at some point. But if he was interviewed related to this shirt or anything else, which I like to assume that he was, those interviews are either lost to time or were just not turned over to me with the rest of the interviews. The following recreation is based on the audio transcript, and it's from the second interview done with Frankie Lamar on November 14, 1980. He was previously interviewed by Kurt Siver, the investigator for the state attorney's office. At this point in the investigation, Deputy Dan takes over the interviews, often with another deputy in the room. Based on news articles from around that time, it appears that there were some impending dust-ups on the horizon between the state attorney's office and the DeSoto County Sheriff's Office that would result in a change of sheriffs, which in turn would result in some internal house cleaning. But we'll get to that in a bit. Here's Deputy Dan interviewing Frankie Lamar. I understand y'all left the day or the night that Merritt was supposedly waiting out in the woods with a shotgun. Prior to that, how long did you and Connie live together? About six months. All right, that was prior to you leaving and going up to Plant City? No, not really. Y'all lived together six months after you went to Plant City or before? After. The night we were informed that, uh, well, by her, her brother, this is what, this is what, uh, may have been, um, kept on me or maybe, but that, uh, Pete had went and told my dad that somebody, uh, somebody's out there with a shotgun and was going to shoot us. Well, naturally, I, I like living myself, you know, and so I, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. And, and Connie said he, she wanted to leave too, and I, I said, I don't blame you, and we left. And then sometime we um, we came back and brought the kids back. And so she gave the kids back to him, you know. And, and later on she said they was going to church. And the question, Frankie, is how long did y'all live together prior to leaving Arcadia? I said about six months. Okay, where did y'all live together at? Wachula. Okay, did you ever live together over at Willie's? Well, I think, no, I couldn't rightly say we lived there. Did y'all stay together over there? Sleep together over there? No, we didn't sleep together over there. You never slept together? You never stayed within that household together? For, say, a period of a week or longer during the day, all during the day and night? Basically lived there? All I'm saying is my dad had told her that he never tried to get in touch with her or anything for the kids' sake and, uh, you know, and... We understand all this bullshit. What we want to know, the question I'm getting at is did y'all live together sleep together at Willie's house at any time during the period of time Willie lived with Carol? No, I mean, as in shacking, no. As far as I was concerned, uh... Where'd you stay when y'all came back? Oh, yeah, I mean, we both did live in that house, yeah. But you're saying you didn't sleep together? No. You slept in separate rooms? Right. Separate bedrooms? Yeah, separate rooms. I was, you know... How about when Carol was still there, before she left Willie? Were y'all living together? Sleeping together? Well, we played cards together, you know. Where was she living at? 
She was living at home. She was still living with Merritt. Right, but I mean, she'd come over and like, you know, at night or something like that, and me and uh, my, and my dad and Carol, you know, would sit around and play cards. While she was still living with Merritt. Merritt knew that, you know. I didn't get suspected or nothing, uh, but he's a heavy drinker there, and uh, Connie's brother, Pete, he told Merritt that me and Connie was going to bed with each other and stuff like that, and so, I don't know, I guess he just thought it was some crap, you know, and that's what it all amounted to, crap, so... So what you're saying is it wouldn't have been unusual while Merritt was at work that y'all got together and played cards. Right, that wouldn't have been unusual because I was working myself. I worked in the daytime also. Okay, after Connie went back to Merritt at any time, did you go over during the daytime when Merritt was at work and visit Connie? Uh-uh. Not at any time? Not any time. I walked to the gate one time, and I asked her, did she call? I asked her first if Merritt was home, and she said no. And I said, well, I'd rather not come in, because I told Merritt I wouldn't come in his house unless he was there. How about her coming over to your place? Well, now she's been over there, I mean, because she, you know... Well, why would you ask her when you went there? I asked her to call him. Call him and see if it's okay. When you were at the station, working at the station, did Connie come to the station and visit you there? Oh, well, now she used to come up there and, you know, and pick me up a couple times, you know, when her husband said, you know, it was okay, because, you know, my dad, if he'd be out selling fishing or out selling fish or something, he'd stop by and ask her, and he says, can you pick Frank up, you know, and she'd say okay. So and, she would just come by there and... Well, not just to see me, no. What about the day that you got your license on the 24th? Uh-huh. Did she bring you up to the station to get your paycheck? Yes, she did. And what did you do from there? what I do from there? Yeah, after you picked up your paycheck, what'd y'all do? I went back to the house, and she went back home, and she said she had to do some laundry or something or other. You went directly from the station back to your house. You didn't go to Tinsley's to cash your check. Pardon me? You didn't go to Tinsley's to cash your check. What? Wait, hold it. You never went and got your driver's license? No, I can't get one. I was going to get one, but I told him I couldn't get one because of my eyes. I got to get glasses before I can go back. Do you wear sunglasses? No, sir. You don't wear sunglasses? You ain't never worn... Well, now I'm... I do, yeah. What kind of sunglasses do you wear? I got them out in the car. You can go look at them if you want. When you picked up your paycheck at the station, you didn't go cashing at Tinsley's? Uh, well, yeah. I had to stop and I bought me some dog food and stuff. Okay, you did stop and cash the paycheck. Yeah, I also bought some dog food and stuff. So you're saying you did stop? Yeah, I did stop, and I got a beer at the grocery store. I don't know the name of it. So what? You forgot about that? Pardon me? Did you forget about that? No, I didn't forget about it. I mean, you asked me if I cashed a check, and I remember now. All right, so what time of day was this that you cashed your check? I think around 1 or somewhere around thereafter, because I couldn't pick up my check until after that time, because my boss man told me not to. How much after? Pardon me? How much after one? Well, I'm not sure, you know, somewhere around one, between one and three. Closer to one? No, I imagine it'd be closer to in between one and three, somewhere in that area. Frankie, do you remember what clothes you were wearing the day you cast your paycheck? Um, maybe I was wearing a shirt that I got at the, well, let's see, it's a long sleeve shirt, I think, a rayon shirt. I got it at the flea market. Do you know what color it is? got flowers on it, I think. I think it was blue. And then I had on some 
brown pants. Wait, wait a minute. What color was the pants? I think I had Levi's on. I'm not sure, you know. I mean, when I get dressed, I don't... Well, you'd know the difference between Levi's and dress pants, wouldn't you? Well, it was either one of those two, because I ain't got but one pair of dress pants. What color are they? Brown. And the shirt? Did it have flowers on it? Yeah, I got several shirts with flowers on it. You know, that's just the kind of shirts I wear. I got them at the flea market. What color was it? Red? If that was the one I was wearing, now I, I wouldn't swear to it. It was one of my long sleeve shirts. It's got a pocket on it? No, my shirts don't have pockets on them. Your shirts don't have pockets? Uh-uh. But do you know whether or not it was red or blue or green, yellow, pink, what? No, it wasn't... Was it multicolored? Like I said, I got 15 different kinds of shirts. None of your shirts have pockets? Some of them do, like the short sleeve shirts that have pockets in them. Well, no, you just said that your shirts didn't have pockets. Well, not my dress shirts. Because they're all long sleeve, made out of, you know, uh, rayon or... That's rayon. That's that real silky-like material, you know, kind of smooth. Feels something like silk. Yeah, I guess. You say you buy them at the flea market. Yeah, I got about 14 of them one time for about 6 bucks each at the flea market. Do you have the right size? What size do you wear? Yeah, they're the right size. Well, what size do you wear? Small. Okay, Frankie, I want you to think real hard. What color shirt were you wearing that day? The only way I can tell you is that maybe that Connie can remember. The one that took me up to the station. Or maybe my boss man, you know. He's the one that gave me my check. He could probably tell you what color the shirt was. Was that the shirt you were wearing? No, I don't wear a shirt like that. You ain't never seen that shirt before? Not that type. Frankie, is this your shirt? No. You've never worn this shirt before? Nope. Never seen it before. You've never worn it. Never seen it. It's rayon. Well, that's not my style. That ain't my type. Are these something you can pick up at the flea market? Well, yeah, if you wanted one, but I wouldn't want them, you know? You wear a small? Shit, you're as big as I am, and I wear a medium. You don't wear a goddamn small. I can't even wear a small. Go get me one. I'll show you. Oh, you could probably wear it if you want to do it like this. Go look at my closet if you don't believe me. You've never seen this shirt before? No, sir. You've never worn this shirt before? No, sir. You weren't wearing that shirt that day when you cashed your check? No, sir. That's not my shirt. I told you. I swear to it. Oh, you swear to it? You swear to it that this is not your shirt and you've never worn it? I swear to it. I've never seen that shirt until just now. Can you remember now what color shirt you were wearing? No, I just told you. I was wearing one of my shirts, you know. I have them all at home. Where's home? Well, I'm living with my uncle because they accused me of stealing $1,000 or $1,100, something like that. All right. Who does the car belong to, Frankie? Well, it belonged to both of us because, I mean, the reason it belongs to both of us... Yeah, explain that to me, will you? Explain to me how y'all purchased a car, you and Connie. All right. She owned a car, right? She owns a little blue Dodge. And uh, so she had the Dodge, and I was working and she got the car from my brother and sister and they let us have it you know because i gave them 200 for the car and you gave them 200 right and then what did connie use her car was the 200 your money or was it yours and connie's money well actually it was both our monies because we were both working at the same place it was both our money okay so actually she gave her car and a hundred dollars and you just gave a hundred right well yeah right 
All right, who's the car belong to now? Leave it to Connie? No, like I told her husband, you know. He told me he'd give me my money back, and uh, I said, well, okay, well, when you can afford it. How much money are you talking about? Pardon me? How much money are you talking about, Frankie? I'm talking about the hundred. They never said they'd give you $700? Well, I think Merritt may have said that at one time, you know, some work and stuff like that. You know, he told me he'd give it to me later on. I said, okay, and and that's the reason I had him put the title in both our names. That way, you know, because I told her, I said, you know, when you go back to him and, you know, you could at least give me my money back out of it. And she said, okay. Frankie, I'm going to ask you one more time, and I want you to think about this, because I'm going to tell you. You see this stack of audio tape here? I got another stack just like that. The people that have been interviewed and talked to, that know about all y'all's relationship, and know everything that's been going on out yonder. People that Merritt talked to, and Merritt confided in. And these people got no reason to lie, and they know what they're talking about. They know. They're not speculating. They know what they're talking about, okay? These people with first-hand knowledge. Did you and Connie, I'm going to ask you again, did you and Connie live together and sleep together at Willie's house? No, sir. Never slept together at Willie's house? Like I said, no, sir. So you lived there, but you didn't sleep together? Well, I wasn't there, but about a week and a half. Maybe two weeks. I was glad to see him get back together, to tell you the truth. Okay, this was six months or before, before they even went back together. So she was not even considering going back with him when she was staying over Willie's with you. Y'all had wrote very explicit letters back and forth to each other in prison, okay? I know that. You were fresh out of prison. After how many years? What, all together? Yeah. About nine. Okay, and you're telling me that during this time that she slept over at Willie's, y'all didn't sleep together. I wasn't over there when I met her. I wasn't over there that long. No, I disagree with you. I sure do, because I've been out of prison. Wait a minute. We're not talking about all that now. You got out. You got out in December. I've been out of prison a long time. And you got out in December. This was like March. Yeah, I got out in December, you know, and then I came home with my dad, and he asked me to come over and help him out around the house, and, you know, that's when I saw Connie. Did you ever talk to the people that you work with or brag around work that you were living with Connie right across the street from her old man? No, I, well, yeah, okay, there's people like Bill, you know, I'm sure you know who he is. He said something like, I'd be afraid to live across the street from there, and I said, why should I? I said, I live about straight across from it, you know, I said, me and him's good friends. He said, well, he's going to pull your eyeballs out. And then he said something about when he catches Pete, he's going to break his arms or something. And I said, uh-uh, Merrick caught me out in the store one day, and we talked like grown men, and even one day he came over to the house and he called me all kinds of names trying to get me outside and I wouldn't go out there, you know. And so that night he called me on the phone and he talked about it and and I told him all what was said, you know, and it makes sense now. Come to find out it all comes back to Pete saying that he told the mailman he had a shotgun with him in the bushes. Did Mayor ever come to your dad's house and try to get you to come outside? Now I just got through saying that. Did he ever shoot at you? Not to my knowledge. Okay, but without slipping back into the period of time that Merritt and Connie were getting back together, let's uh, let's date back six months prior, when you and Connie were living together, okay? What was your and Merritt's relationship then? Well, I didn't rightly know who the man was, you know. I didn't. I met him one time. And as a matter of fact, he showed me how to tan a hide one time 
long time ago, and we talked about it. And I told him, I ain't going to disrespect you. You know, I was in prison, and I wrote to your old lady, and, you know, I said, I was lonely. And, and you're in there for years and years, you know, and you're going to write to a woman. And talk all kinds of crap to her and stuff about what's, you know. But he understood, you know. Oh, he understood. Yeah, he understood. Did he tell you that he understood, Frankie? Yeah, he told me he understood. I can't understand it. He said there wasn't no hard feelings, you know? And what I'm saying is, up until that time, you two supposedly made up in Tinsley's. And this is only a couple weeks or so before he was killed. But up until that time, Merritt had no love for you. Well, I'd never talked to him before then. Never? You'd never talked to him? No, sir. Not one time. You ever remember someone coming over to the house there, when you were over there, at the house with Connie, when Merritt was at work? Mm-mm. So, you're saying you don't remember any insurance man coming around to see Connie while you were there, visiting her? Uh-uh. Do you feel that Merritt would make up things about you to his friends? Well, after I met him, we went hog hunting and... Prior to that. Before. Oh, yeah, probably before he would have. You're saying he would have made up things about you? I feel he would have. Why do you feel he would have? Because I feel that the man was hurt, you know? Because I took his wife home, you know? I mean, if I'm being logical, I'd do the same thing. Did you take his wife from him, or did his wife just leave? No, she just left. I didn't take her, you know? So Merritt was very aware that his wife just up and left him. Right. I heard him say that you know, if she hadn't left, I think he told my dad that, you know, that he said, well, I'm not mad at Frankie because if she hadn't left with me, she would have left with someone else. Because supposedly she's been done this before. So then Merritt really didn't have any reason to make things up about you then, right, Frankie? Well, this is just like not long ago, like a month ago, I think, before all that happened. Have you seen Connie lately? Mm-mm, I haven't seen Connie since... I want you to tell us the complete truth, Frankie. Uh, well, I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, I, I, I seen her, I think the last time I seen Connie was uh, Sunday. It was uh, on a Sunday. Have you seen Connie since Merritt was killed? Well, maybe on the road or something, or passing her before work or something. But as far as seeing her, you know, close up or something like that, uh-uh. Y'all haven't had any conversations? No, sir. I haven't said no words to her. You haven't seen her over at Willie's or David Perry's or... No, sir. Uh-uh. Because after all that stuff happened with the funeral and stuff and, and, uh... Did it upset you when you found out Merritt was dead? You're damn right it did. I mean, well, you know, it doesn't... I mean, I wasn't going to lose no sleep over it, you know? I mean, because, I mean, I had nothing to do with it. I mean, it just looks bad on my behalf, you know what I mean? And that way... It upset me some, you know. There wasn't nothing I could do about it, but... Would it upset you to the point that you'd cry? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'd cry when I went up to the funeral home and saw the man, you know. Uh, and also, old Lady Wheeler was out there one night, you know, and I was upset by that, you know. And and I asked Dad if I could go to that funeral, and, and she said no, and, you know, that maybe I had something to do with it. And he wrote to Connie all those dim years in prison, you know, so I just walked off, you know. I, I mean... That's just more than I could take. Well, Merritt's mom had read all those letters, Frankie. Well, she probably did, because Merritt said he gave them to her, you know. Did Pete come over and see you one day after Merritt was killed? No, sir. So you haven't seen Pete since Merritt was killed? No, sir. I saw him before he got killed. You know we have Pete in jail, right? Who does? You and he were pretty good pals? No, we sure wasn't. 
because the reason I saw him that day was because I was going to whoop his ass. I heard that he stole my bulldog back after I bought it from him. And he said he didn't do it because when I went over there, it was on Saturday, I believe, and I was talking to Bill Hagee because I wanted to see what it was like over there because I heard a lot about it and I was I wanted to see if that bulldog was around there. So I walked up there and peed. You stopped in to see Bill to buy some grass from him. Huh? You stopped in to see Bill to buy some grass from him, didn't you? Let's be honest about it. That's what you told the state's attorney investigator. Well, yeah, to see if he had any. Not to see what it looked like. You stopped to buy some grass. No, because I wanted to check him out and see what he looked like, because I heard a lot about him, you know, and so I was about done. I didn't even know Pete was standing there. And Pete popped up and he said, what are you doing, Frankie? And I said, I recognized him and I said, not much, you know. You and Pete, you ever do much together? Sure didn't. I don't know him that good. Come on. As long as you went with Connie, you didn't know him that good? No, I only met him, like, I only seen him, like, before me and Connie met. Pete didn't come over to your dad's much? Uh-uh. I think he came over there twice, the whole time, and that was it. Pete was supposed to work with my dad's wife or something like that a long time ago. Carolyn? Yeah, Carolyn. This is way before my dad got married to her, you know, and he didn't like that boy. Was Connie giving you money that was being given to her to pay the bills? No, sir. What was she doing with it? Even when I was in prison, you know, you can check. They have files, you know. I realize that, Frankie. We're talking about his land payments being behind three years. She didn't find drugs and take them to you? No, she didn't. No, she didn't have no money that I know of. She didn't mention that to me. That other time you were in prison, she didn't? Uh-uh, no, sir. She didn't bring you no drugs there? Now and then she might buy me a pack of cigarettes, you know, but that's it. I mean, I wouldn't accept no money from her. Did she offer you? Yeah, she'd offer, you know. Do you need anything like that, or cosmetics or stuff, you know, being polite? And I'd say, no, I got it. Because my dad and them, they've been coming out and bringing me stuff, you know. Frankie, are you in love with Connie? Well, I had a feeling for it. One time, yeah, I won't lie to you about it. Did you love her? I thought I did. What changed? The whole situation, you know. You mean about Merritt being killed? No. No, like, the whole situation, you know. Like, when I was lying with her, you know, shacking with her, whatever. You know, she had kids, you know, and a lot of times she'd lay down at night and just cry, and I'd ask her, I'd say, what's wrong, honey? And she'd say... I miss the kids, and I said, well, why don't you go back home? And she'd say, I don't know if Merritt will have me, and, you know, and I... It looked to me like she was trying to use me for something, you know, and to get by or something like that, so... Somebody to lean on, I guess, and talk to, because she could never talk to Merritt, and she couldn't trust her brother, because he and Merritt were always fighting, and Pete, you know, he's, they always fighting, and... She didn't go with you because of the sex life? Well... Yeah, she did. She had a, you know, she had a bad sex life, she said, and that was one reason, you know, but she said he wouldn't satisfy her, you know what I mean? And she was sleeping around, you know, and slipping out and seeing different people in that neighborhood out there, you know. She told me about it. Oh, yeah? Like who? Like Bill Hagen. She's been with Bill Hagen two times. Since she's been married? Yeah. She told you about sleeping with Bill? Oh, yeah. Merritt knows this, too, you know. Uh, cause Merritt asked me about it, you know. She volunteered that information to you, that she was sleeping with Bill Hagen? How did that come about, her telling you about that? Uh, you know, I guess, you know, you, you just need someone to talk to, and, you know. I mean, she didn't tell me much, but... But she told you she'd been with, to bed with him twice. Right, two times is all she ever said she went to bed with him. While she was living with Merritt. Yeah, right, they were still married, you know. They was, she, the, the two of them were slipping around, you know, seeing each other. Was this within the last year or two years or three years or what? Nah, I couldn't tell you that stuff. 
But uh, there is the other guy, that Vernon guy. What's his name? He got an old lady by the name of Linda. Okay, well, Pete was seeing Linda, you know, and Connie was seeing her old man, you know, and finally she found out about it. All right, Frankie. I'm going to ask you again. Have you ever seen this shirt? No, sir. Is it your shirt? No, sir. Have you ever worn this shirt? No, sir. At any time, have you ever been in contact with this shirt? No, sir. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you what facts are facts, Frankie. October the 24th, you did not go to work. You requested the day before to be off to go get your driver's license. Correct. They called a man in to work for you. Correct. Connie brought you up there that day to pick up your paycheck. Correct. You picked up your paycheck. There at the station. Connie was present with you. Correct. You took your paycheck, and you asked her to take you to Tinsley's to get some stuff. Right. She dropped you off at Tinsley's, and she waited out in the car. And you went inside, you cashed your check, you got your picture taken, and you bought groceries. Correct. Did you buy cigarettes when you got your check cashed? Yes, sir. A pack of Marlboros. Did you stand there and count your money? Yes, sir. Did you forget your change? Your loose change, quarters, nickels? Did you leave it in that little thing? Somebody had to tell you to come get it? Yeah, they got that little machine there and they dropped the change out because I'm not used to that machine. But you walked off and you were counting your bills. Right, and now I counted it right there in front of the... No, you moved away. You went off to the side. I'm going to tell you like it is, Frankie. I got the picture of you getting your check cashed. And you want to know what shirt you was wearing? Seeing as you don't really remember? Tell me. That shirt? Right there. I don't believe that. You don't believe it? Well, I got the picture. I got four eyewitnesses that identified you in that shirt. Not no red shirt, not no other plain shirt, not no other color, not no other design, Frankie. That shirt. Mm -mm, I disagree. Well, there's no disagreement to it, Frankie. I've got the proof, and I'm going to put it in front of a grand jury. That you were wearing that shirt right here. I mean, the picture don't lie now, does it? The photograph. Well, the picture don't lie, but that ain't my shirt. I didn't have that. The photograph don't lie. I ain't never seen that shirt. Well, it was on your back the day you cashed your check, Frankie. I disagree. Well, you remember cashing your check, right? I was there. I cashed my check. You remember them taking your picture, right? Right. But I know I didn't have that shirt on. I never seen that shirt. I might have had another shirt on, but not that shirt. Well, what color shirt did you have on, Frankie? I couldn't tell you that. I don't remember. Do you have another shirt that looks just like this? No, not that design. That's the type of material. Oh, yeah, that's the type of material, maybe, but, you know, not that shirt. That design, I won't wear shirts like that. Well, I've got, what, four, five, uh, four independent people that saw you that day. The cashier described everything you did when you went in there. And I tell you how she remembered you so well, Frankie. She remembers what you were wearing and how you were dressed, and I'll tell you how. You frightened her. You scared her. She thought you were going to rob the place because you were wearing those mirrored sunglasses and he was acting suspicious to her. Acting suspicious? What do you mean, acting suspicious? Well, to her. Not that you were, but to her. Enough to scare her. Enough to make her look real good at you and what you were wearing. Well, I did wear my shades, you know. She identified your shirt, too, Frankie. I wore the shades today when I went to work, you know, because I'm supposed to wear glasses. Yep, she identified your shades, but I'm telling you, we got four eyewitnesses. Well, I disagree. Four eyewitnesses with no motivation to lie, Frankie. Nope, I disagree, because I got, I got flower shirts. You got flower shirts. That's right, but none with designs like that. You know what everybody says? 
They say, that looks just like the shirt that Frankie was wearing. Well, now, I, I imagine they feel I had something to do with it, too, you know, but I can't change people's feelings, you know, but that ain't my shirt there. I ain't never seen that shirt. Frankie, that girl today, she told me everything you've done, and she can remember you cast your chat, you bought cigarettes, you turned and walked off, you had your back to her, you were standing close to the buggies, counting your money, you'd forgot your change in the little change thing, because most people forget that, as it rolls down a little tray. That girl can remember all this, and you're telling me she can't remember that shirt? If she's telling you that's my shirt, then she's telling you a lie. That's all I can say. Why would these people lie, Frankie? These people could care less. Why would they lie? This girl didn't even know why we were there, or what we were pushing. She had no idea what the shirt was even involved in, or how. That ain't the shirt I was wearing. That shirt there ain't mine. All I can say is go get my shirts, and let them look at all of them, and then she might see the one I had on, you know? But that wasn't it. Well, that's the one that she... I'm telling you, that shirt ain't mine. She remembered that design. Or those prints. I don't have those designs. There's other people in that store that seen that shirt, but they couldn't remember when, and she did. And she named everything you've done. And you sat there and you verified her story. You verified her story word for word. She wasn't guessing, Frankie. Word for word. You said you went in there and you done that. Well, I disagree with her on that. She's not the only one. I agree with you on the cigarette part and all Frankie, that. she's not the only one. Counting my money, because, you know... But there's still three other people from other places that saw you with that shirt on. Well, I have to disagree with you on that, because... You can disagree all you want, Frankie, but a fucking picture don't lie. A picture does not lie. Well, what can I say? That picture must be lying. How can a picture lie? Because I ain't had that shirt on. Tell me, Frankie, how can a picture lie? Because I ain't had that shirt on. Well, then explain to me how a picture can lie. I don't understand. Well, it's got to be a lie, because I ain't never seen that shirt before. Did you have these on? Yeah, I might have had my shades on. Did you ever wear these in the presence of Connie that day? I don't remember. I might have. I might not. Well, don't you remember, Frankie? You told us she's the one person that would remember. Listen, I might have had them on. I don't know. I can't remember. Well, do you remember telling us that she was the one person that could tell us what you were wearing that day? Well, I'm just saying that she's the only one I can say that she would know what I had on. I had on my Levi's or my dress pants, one of them, I don't remember. And I had on one of my silk shirts... And that wasn't one of my silk shirts, but I had one of my dress shirts on. What flea market did you get that shirt from, Frankie? The one in Plant City. I used to go down there and pick up a lot of stuff, because it's all real cheap. How are you going to explain to the jury when this picture showed to them? Wait a minute now. I understand what you're saying, and I understand, you know, you have a job to do. But, uh, this isn't my shirt, you know, and i never seen this shirt before, like I told you. i never seen the shirt. I wouldn't lie to you, and I understand you have a job to do. But you say you got a picture of me. Well, show it to me, because I disagree with you. I've never seen that shirt. In other words, you don't believe I have a picture of you in that shirt? No, what I'm saying is, that isn't my shirt, and I ain't seen it before. Do you feel I'm not telling you the truth about that picture? Yeah, if you said I had that shirt on. Because you don't think we have a picture of it, right? Well, I ain't never seen that shirt before. Did you have them glasses on that day? Like I told you, I can't remember if I had them on or not. Do you recognize that guy right there? Bring it up here closer. Yeah, that's me, uh-huh. That's your check above your head there. That ain't my shirt that I had on. Whose shirt is it? I don't know. I don't know whose shirt it is. If it don't belong to you, you sure you weren't wearing a shirt? I'm sorry? You say that's not your shirt that you had on. That's right. That's not my shirt. Well, whose shirt is it? I don't know. 
I don't know whose shirt it is. I ain't never seen that shirt. Why don't you say that a little louder, Frankie? I said, that's not my shirt. I've never seen that shirt. I've never worn that shirt. Now you can probably go to my closet and see the shirt I had on. What blood type are you, Frankie? O positive. I used to donate a lot of blood. Uh-huh. As far as I can recall about, you know, without going through the closet, I got a red short-sleeved, a blue short-sleeved. I got several long-sleeved check shirts. Checks, you mean squares? Well, it all depends on what you're talking about. Do you mean lines and... No, no. I mean, I think I got one that's got some kind of design on it, but it ain't nothing like this here. It's a solid shirt, you know. It's got long sleeve shirt, and I think it's one color, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have a shirt with yellow on it? I might. I'm not I'm not sure, you know. Could you identify all the shirts you got? Uh-huh. I can. I can. Well, then you must not have very many shirts. Frankie, you still haven't explained to me how a photograph can be incorrect. Because you said that their shirt was on my back and a photograph won't lie. Because i never seen that shirt before. That's what I said. But the one person that could definitely tell us if you had that shirt on or you didn't have that shirt on would be Connie. I said she might, you know. I wouldn't say definitely, you know. I wouldn't want to, you know, definitely say she'd know. So if a grand jury determined that you were not telling them the truth, you'd go back to prison, right? That's right. That's why I don't lie. Well, Frankie, I can tell you right now, we're prepared to prove to the grand jury that you was wearing that shirt without a shadow of a doubt. Well, I disagree with you. You can disagree yourself all the way back to prison, Frankie, but I've been in this business a while, and I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I've not been in this business a while, you know, and I've learned to tell the truth, you know, and don't lie about nothing or you're going to get yourself in more trouble if you lie. My own father sent me to prison the first time for years. Yeah, what was you in prison for? B&E. Just B&E? Grand larceny, right. You spent, well, how long were you sentenced? Five years. See, when I got sentenced, I had uh, B&E and grand larceny. Five years? You only served five. Four years and something. And then I had to serve uh, about four more years. So what'd you do, violate your parole? Pardon me? You said she'd know. She might, you know. Like I said, I don't remember which one of my dress shirts I had on. But I had one of my dress shirts on. Did you have a belt on? What kind of belt were you wearing? Leather belt. And before, we were talking about pants. I got one pair of pants that I might have had on that day. And I inherited, a, you know, like an army belt, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Like an army buckle, a brass buckle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've seen them around. Yeah, okay, it, the pants, the belt is made in Japan or something, like, with the elastic around the back, halfway around, something like that. What color are those? A yellow-brown, faded-out brown, about the color of that wall over there, I'd say. Frankie, are you on probation or parole? I'm on parole. How much more time you got on your sentence? About four and a half months. I've been out since December. What, what did you do to violate your parole, or did you... Probation, not parole. I was on probation to start with. They gave me probation, and I left the state, you know, and I went up to my uncle's in Georgia, and I come back. And they gave you four more years? Mm-hmm, right. You spent about four and a half years of that? Uh-huh, four and a half years, and they gave me 18 months, and then I got it all done in four and a half. Four and a half and four and a half is nine total, Frankie. So you've been known to violate your parole, I mean probation. You violated your probation. 
They're capable of violating. I'm capable of violation? Capable. No, sir, I ain't no more. Not after I did all that time, no. Mm -mm. They rehabilitated me. Oh, did they? They done you some good? Oh, yeah, I took advantage of it, too. I took all them courses I could. Vocation, welding, carpentry. I got all them trades now. I don't have to steal. Okay, okay let's look at what you're telling me. You're telling me that Connie took you up to the station. You picked up your paycheck. You went to the grocery store. He cashed your check. He counted your money. You bought a pack of cigarettes. A carton? You bought a carton of cigarettes. I bought a carton of cigarettes, and I bought some groceries, and I think a 50-pound bag of dog food and stuff. And you were wearing these sunglasses. I was wearing them sunglasses, mm-hmm. At least that part of the picture is correct. You're wearing the sunglasses. Right. Okay, so that much of the photograph is correct, right? No, I ain't saying that. I said that part. I mean, the photograph is correct, you know. I ain't seen the whole photograph. But that much of the photograph is correct, as you wearing the sunglasses. Right. So we agree on that. That much of the part, uh-huh. And what we're talking about is the testimony of this girl at the grocery store. Everything she said was correct. Everything that you did when you was in that store, and you were wearing them glasses. Well, as far as the glasses. And what you did. About the money and stuff like that? Money? Cigarettes? I wouldn't. I mean, I got. I bought a carton of cigarettes. You're correct on that. And she's correct on me counting my money, too. Okay, so she's correct on you wearing the sunglasses. Right. Okay. But she said I had that shirt on, and that's not correct. Oh, it's not. Why is that particular part of her statement incorrect? I mean, listen, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to say that's my shirt, and I know that's not my shirt. I mean, that's logical. I mean, why should I... Hey, Frankie, are you aware that your blood type can be determined by sweat, by perspiration? Well, I don't know about all that. Well, they can. They can type your blood by perspiration. Well, like I said, I don't know about all that. Let me ask you a question, Frankie. Why do you have hate on your fingers? I got hate on one side and love on the other. I've had them on there since I was about, what, 15, 16 years old. Why would you put hate on them? I don't know. Everybody in my family just about has them. Oh, yeah? Do you have much hate in your Frankie? No. It's cost me a lot of jobs, too. You know, people look at them and... But I did it when I was young. Is it true that David Perry tried to get you a job? Yeah, he said he was going to try to get me a job. I asked about him getting me a job, and he said he would. Well, Frankie, I tell you, I don't know about your probation or parole, because I can prove this to a grand jury. Sir, all I got to say is, I know it ain't my shirt. And if I had to go in front of a grand jury, and you're going to prove that it was my shirt, you say you got the pictures. Well, somebody's going to see them pictures. I don't even want to see them myself, because... I know this ain't my shirt. The grand jury's gonna see him, and you'll get a chance to see him, too. I'm sure that shirt that's in the picture is a shirt in my closet. I imagine so. You're not sure, though? Oh, yeah, I'm sure, because this ain't my shirt. Well, do you have a shirt with this exact same design in your closet? I wouldn't wear a shirt that looked like that. You said you'd wear one with flowers. It'd depend on what kind of flowers. I gotta look at it and see if I like it. What kind of flowers are on the shirt you got? I don't know. I wouldn't swear on that till I see it. Uh, you'd wear one with flowers on it, but you wouldn't wear one with this design on it. 
You mind if I look at that design? Let me look here. No, I wouldn't wear that shirt. So you don't think you bought that shirt? Would your boss man lie? Pardon? Would your boss man lie about the fact that he might have seen it? My boss man? Your ex-boss man? Who you mean? Your ex-boss. Over at the station? Yeah, he probably would. Why? Why? Because, uh, my dad was one of his best fishing buddies. They said something about I, I stole $1,100 or something, and I said I damn sure didn't. You're saying you didn't steal that money and take that bag and go around and throw it away in the woman's bathroom? Hell no. What I'm saying is he had a lock on that drawer, and only he had that key. Personally, I wouldn't put it past him. Who, the boss man? Yeah, that's what I heard. And he was mad at me anyway. He wanted me to get fired, because old Charlie quit up there and he went to another job, making better money. And people come up and told him it would be a month or so before he could go away. And so he started hanging around at the station up there, I don't know. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff until I was down there a week later. Where were you the night the mayor was killed? Home. Home all night? Yep, that's right. How late did you stay up? Not late. Probably about ten. Were you awakened during the night? No, when I go to sleep, I'm asleep all night. Who do you think will kill Merritt? Well, to start with, I don't think his wife would have nothing to do with it. She could have. Uh-uh, I don't think she would have. Because I think she did love him, from what I understand. Okay, so just reviewing this, uh, you never slept with Connie over at Willie's house? No. And you never went to Merritt's house while Merritt was at work, after he and Connie got back together? I did that one time, only one time. Did she ever take your dogs to the vet? Yeah, my old man told her to. You took the dogs over there to her? Uh-uh, nope, I was at work. She must have come to my house and got them. Merritt says to me, if you want me to, I can get Connie to take them dogs to the vet. And he said, I'll pay for the bills myself. I mean, I didn't even ask him to take them. It cost him $33. Did you know that Merritt was aware that you were going over to see Connie while he was at work, after they went back together, and several other people said this? Well, he never said nothing to me about it. To start with, Merritt is this type of person. If he don't like you, and he don't trust you, and if he thought in any way, shape, or form that I was going over there and seeing his wife, after I told him, he would have told me. He would have said, hey, I don't want you around there. He's just that type of person. When you went hunting with him, what kind of gun did he take? He ain't have no gun. Nobody had a gun. Did he ever take a gun? When he goes deer hunting. Yeah, we seen that night about five of them, you know. He said, I'd like to give me one of them deers. Did y'all have a good time when you went hunting? Yeah. Me and him were the first ones to go, and there were about five of us, five or six of his best friends. And he told me that that was a lie about him staying out there in the bushes with that gun. So y'all only went hunting that one time? Actually, yeah. Frank, do you remember what kind of shoes you were wearing that day, the day you went and picked up your check? My boots? You was wearing them old boots with a nice shirt? Well, that's all I got, man. I mean, I ain't rich. Fred, do you think you could go home and look in your closet and find the shirt that you wore? Yeah, if I know what shirt I was supposed to be had on. I'm telling you what shirt you had on. It's in the picture. Well, what do you want me to do? You want me to go back home and get all my shirts and bring them up here and let you look at them? Is that what you want? Because like I said, I can't remember. You can remember your pants. I can remember my pants because I ain't got but this here pair and then a pair of dress pants. Two pair. So you're pretty sure you were wearing those yellow dress pants? Probably because that's the only kind I wear with a belt. You said something about a belt, and that's the only belt that I got. Well, you said you were wearing a leather belt. 
You said the brown pair had a belt. I said the yellowish. The yellow has faded out, and you know, they've been getting old, and they've got elastic, and... That other pair are darker brown? I could bring them up here. That's a long trip. Yeah, that's right. I just came up here the other night with all the shoes and stuff. Frankie, I'd advise you... You know what? I'm not going to advise you of that, either, because I know what shirt you're wearing. Well, I know. That ain't my shirt. You know, Frankie, it's beyond me. There's something I can't understand. Four people talked to you at different times, at different places. They didn't know what we were asking about. All they did was see that shirt. To see the shirt that I held up, that shirt. And they looked at it and they said, that's Frankie's shirt. I've seen him wearing that shirt. One of them says, I remember. I remember that shirt specifically. Because when I saw it, I said, that's a pretty shirt. I'd like to have one just like it. Another one says, I could tell you about that shirt. Without even looking at it. I could tell you that shirt don't have no pockets. And I said, hell, I didn't even know that. And then I looked at it and I said, you're right, it ain't got no pockets. But they knew that shirt well enough to know it didn't have no pockets. Another girl says, yeah, I remember the man with the shirt on, because I thought that man was going to rob us. It was a yellow shirt. It wasn't a red shirt. And he said it wasn't a shirt that looked like that. It was that shirt. Well, I disagree. I disagree. I got a photograph with that design shirt on you. That's a lie. In other words, you're saying I'm lying to you, Frankie. If you said I had that shirt on, son, and I'm not being smart, but you're telling a lie. I've never seen that shirt in my life till you brought it. Well, you're going to have to tell the grand jury the same thing. Oh, well. I'll make sure he sees every shirt in my closet. And he can look at that picture, and I'm sure he can identify the shirt that I wore. And I'm sure that shirt's hanging in my closet. Because I didn't wear that shirt. Well, go right ahead, Frankie. Be sure to have them all there, all your shirts. So that the witness that saw you that day with that shirt on could look at it and say, Hey, it ain't no one of those shirts. It's this one, right here. I'd be crazy to say it wasn't my shirt if you actually have a picture. And you say you have a picture. That that shirt belongs to me. Well, now, I'm not saying it belongs to you. I wouldn't wear nothing like that. You see, that's how I know, for a fact, that I've never seen that shirt. And I never had it on. And I would never wear it. I wouldn't wear nothing like that. You know, Frankie, I got a couple dress shirts, but I ain't got many of that same material that you say all your shirts are. And I got a lot of dress shirts. Well, some of mine are silk. Some of them might be rayon, but they don't look nothing like that there. Might be a little raggedy on account of being worn out a little bit. Wore out? I said a little raggedy. Wore out like that one, raggedy? No, not like that. I'm talking about down at the bottom where the hem is, you know, right here. I don't like the way this shirt's made anyway. Why? Don't it have a pocket? No, the design's on it. I don't like it. I ain't kidding. Well, you ain't kidding, and I ain't kidding either, Frankie. None of us are kidding. Seriously, I didn't even have to bring you in here and ask you about that shirt. I'm giving you the opportunity to explain it. Well, I appreciate that. I'm giving you an opportunity to say your part about it. But there ain't no doubt in my mind. I ain't trying to satisfy me. I'm already satisfied. We have looked and observed and gone over that picture with a magnifying glass. Well, you know what you ought to do? You ought to go over my closet with a magnifying glass. How about that? You're telling us that you don't have no shirt with that design on it. But that's the design in the picture. And you said that was you in the picture. Yeah, that's me in the picture. I agree. I don't believe I had that shirt on, though. 
I don't wear a shirt like that. You don't believe you had that shirt on? No, sir. Then how are you going to explain when you do see that photograph of you wearing that shirt? I ain't worried about explaining nothing, because I didn't have that shirt on. Do you have to check in with an officer? And by the way, I'll have a lawyer to explain all that. I wouldn't even try. You say I got that shirt on, all I gotta say is, my lawyer's gotta see some evidence. Know what I mean? He's gonna see some evidence, all right, because I got it. Okay, well, good. That's all I can say, because I didn't wear that shirt. Frankie, why do you think we're so interested in this shirt? I don't know, man. Shoot, the girl that told me about your glasses said her husband had a pair. One day he laid them down, and she threw them away. She don't like glasses like that now anymore. Well, a lot of people feel that way, but I have to wear them myself. On top of the people that we have that can identify that shirt, we talked to several other people. They couldn't specifically say that that's Frankie's shirt, but they say that that's the type of shirt you wear. Probably that material. I told you that, but not that design. They were talking about that design, Frankie. And those people were saying, that's Frankie Lamar's shirt. There's no doubt in my mind when someone says to me, that's Frankie Lamar's shirt, and I wish I had one like it. Well, somebody's trying to frame me, so... Trying to frame you? Why do they care if you're framed? Most people don't like us. Most people don't like us anymore. Most people don't want to cooperate with us. I mean, 98% of people don't want to get involved. How are they going to frame you with photographs? Pardon me? How are they supposed to frame you with photographs? Mm, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me that it was a male that was telling me that you're wearing that shirt on a particular day. And I find out that that's the particular day you picked up your paycheck, and then you went and cashed it at Tinsley's. And then I said, well, if you're telling me the truth, there won't be a photograph of him wearing that shirt. But with all this evidence, and all these people telling me there's no doubt in their minds, there's no doubt in their minds you were wearing this shirt. And I thought to myself, well, I'm still going to wait for the photographs to be sure, right? So it took four days to get the photographs. I found out that shirt belonged to you by Friday or Saturday. But I still waited for the photographs to come in. And when the photographs come in... Y'all are trying to get me to admit that that's my shirt, and that's not my shirt. I understand. I understand what you think we're trying to do now, Frankie. You think we're trying to trick you into confessing. Well, now you sound like a psychiatrist to me. You think we're trying to trick you into a confession. What I'm saying is that people said they saw me with their shirt on and all that stuff. Well, therefore, my fingerprints should be all over that shirt. You know what I mean? Frank, you can't get fingerprints off cloth. And you see all these holes in here? Well, it looks like a moth's got to it. It's already been to the lab and back. Well, good. Then you'll find out it wasn't my shirt. Well, I already got the results, Frankie. I told you. I knew what I was talking about when I came in here, man, you know? We don't come in here and talk for nothing. I've sent it to the lab twice, and I've got better things to do. Well, I realize that, but i got better things to do, too, than come all the way back to Arcadia. You know what gets me, Frankie? And I got off work, you know? I mean, my boss came out and said, hey, they want to question you up in Arcadia. Yeah, we called you and told you we wanted to come up and talk to you. And I'm like, about what, you know? What do you want to talk about? But there was no question in your mind it was going to be about merit. Well, actually not. I thought it was me about something else. Frankie, you thought we just blanked it out of our minds about merit? No. I mean, I'm sure you didn't blank me out of your minds, but, uh, listen, I'm sure you people know what you're doing. You know what I mean, but... Well, I'm sure glad to hear you say that. Because you've been sitting here giving me the impression that you think I'm an idiot. No, but that's the impression that I was getting about the whole shirt situation. Like I'm some kind of idiot. Like you think I don't know what's my shirt and what's not my shirt. 
Well, frankly, you're in a little different position than we are. Beg pardon? You are in a little different position than we are about the shirt. I mean, you know, we haven't just spent 15 minutes on this thing. I have flown personally to the lab in Sanford twice. That's why I wanted to know what your blood type was. Well, I told you my blood type, didn't I? Frankie, what I am trying to impress upon you is that I have done my homework, and I've satisfied myself, and I've had to take things to the grand jury before, and I've never lost a case, because I don't go to court with a bad case. We don't want to look like dopes. We get enough ridicule around here without looking like dummies, spending the grand jury's time and tax money. Without even having you up here and talking to you about that shirt, I know that I can prove it was yours, okay? I'm just giving you an opportunity and a chance. What you want me to say is that's my shirt. And you're saying that you got pictures. And all I have to say is that's not my shirt. And I ain't never seen it before. You got anybody else that can prove it's not your shirt? I beg your pardon. Anybody that can prove it's not your shirt. Got anybody that's seen you or what you had on that day when you cashed that check? Yeah, but I'm not sure if they remember or not. Charlie. Charlie? Oh, he... Yeah, but I don't know if he remembers or not. Charlie. Anybody else? Not that I can recall. You didn't see anybody you knew at Tinsley's? Or nobody came up to your house that day while you were wearing that shirt? I don't know. Well, you'd know if somebody came up to your house, wouldn't you? I mean, that would make sense if someone come to see you. You'd know about it. Nobody came over the house that day? Not that I recall. Well, you think you might be able to recall later on? Is there a possibility that someone did come over to your house that day and you just don't remember it? I doubt that. If someone came up to the house, I'm sure I'd remember it. Yes, Frankie, that's the point I'm trying to make. If somebody came there, you'd know it. You know a lot of things you won't say definite. You always say... Well, you know, I ain't going to put myself in no box. If you know, you know, Frankie. If you don't, you don't. That's what I'm saying. If I say I'm not sure, if I say I don't know, I don't know. And if I say I know, I know. Like I said, that ain't my shirt. I know that ain't my shirt. Then you know for a fact you've never worn that shirt. Yeah, I know for a fact that I never had that shirt on my back. But you're saying that Charles Welch and Laurel possibly had identified the clothes you were wearing that day. Then you cast your check. I wouldn't say that. I said they saw me. He was changing tires, working on the car or something like that, you know. Well, who handed you the check, Frankie? Laurel. And he was waiting on somebody out front. And I just run in to get my check. So he might not even remember. But there's a possibility he could have? I don't know. Did they say it was possible they knew what shirt you were wearing? Maybe. You mean if we asked him about it? Like I told you, I wouldn't bring either one of them down here. Do you think they'd stand up under oath in court? I doubt that. Because I don't think they'd be put under oath in court in front of a grand jury. They'd just say to hell with it. I mean, they'd be stupid to be put under oath just for the hell of it to say that that's Frankie Lamar's shirt. Can you prove you didn't wear it? Damn right. I prove. I said I didn't wear it. Other than verbally prove it, Frankie. Do you know a lot of people that could stand up there and... I know that I got the shirt that I wore that day up in my house. I, I gotta think about it. I want to get in my mind what shirt I had on. Because I know I didn't have this shirt on. You're not gonna call Connie and ask her? No, I ain't gonna call her and ask her nothing. You know what? I got the shirt at the house that I wore that day. Frankie, I'd be worried about it if somebody had my picture with this shirt on. Well, I don't think you got a picture of me in that shirt. I don't wear shirts like that. 
Now, if this was my shirt, I'd be worried. But it ain't my shirt, so I'm not. That ain't my shirt. I don't know where you got that shirt. I don't know who it belongs to. I know there's something about that shirt, though, that y'all want to know who it belongs to. But I tell you now, it didn't belong to me. So it doesn't belong to you, and I've been wrong. Well, you must have, because that shirt don't belong to Frankie. I go to Jesus Christ himself and swear on his toes that ain't my shirt. Never had it on. Never seen it before in my life. We're wasting taxpayers' money. Okay, you say you had a picture, right? Yeah, that's right. You say you're going to go to a grand jury, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There will be a convening of the grand jury. And you, Frankie, will be subpoenaed to the grand jury. And all this evidence will be presented to that grand jury. I will be. Good. That's what I want to know. Because I am not bullshitting you about that. I ain't either. Because I know it ain't my shirt. But I think my other shirts will tell me. And if I tell you I wore these shirts, I wore it. Well, I'd really appreciate you doing that, Frankie. And bringing all that to the grand jury. We don't want the wrong man, because we got a lot of hours into this. Well, you got the wrong man. Well, Frankie, I want you to be sure to bring all them shirts. Because I want the grand jury to look at the picture. And I want them to look at those shirts. At the shirt that you say you couldn't possibly have worn. And I want them to see that one. When I see that picture, I'll remember the shirt as soon as I see it. Yep, I'll take them all with me. Because one of them shirts is going to save my life. Here's the biggest problem with how Deputy Dan fixated on this shirt. He repeatedly lied to these witnesses about it. He stated over and over that he had identified the owner of the shirt and that they had a picture of the shirt taken at Tinsley's IGA store. But we learn later in the report when the case is taken over by other investigators and after Deputy Dan is fired that none of that was true. In September of 2005, the current investigator who was working on it at that time contacted Deputy Dan to see what he remembered from his investigation. The report states, quote, Former Deputy Danny Two recalled they had a photograph from Tinsley's IGA grocery store of Frank wearing a similar shirt to the one found at the crime scene. Green, long sleeve, with fanged animal and decorative balls. Two said the picture was not clear enough and he was never able to establish, beyond a reasonable doubt, that was the same shirt. So, similar meaning perhaps style, and similar meaning perhaps long-sleeved, or that it was worn on the upper portion of someone's body, but certainly not similar enough that a fanged animal could be made out in the picture, which I presume would be fairly obvious if the image in question captured something that was even remotely clear. Now I want to be clear. I'm not saying that shirt wasn't Frankie Lamar's. I think it very well may have been. But if your investigative skills are such that you badger three witnesses about a shirt for the better part of six interviews, which he did because I have them, and they are all clearly not going to tell you the truth about that shirt, and you know that you're bluffing because your evidence isn't clear, perhaps you should move on to an area where you do have some good evidence. Ask some questions that you can back up with evidence once you catch them in a lie. Unfortunately, at least to my untrained eye, it appeared that most of what Deputy Dan learned about questioning witnesses had come from bad TV shows. That shirt was resubmitted to the lab in 2004 to test for DNA related to dried blood and, quote, 
foreign DNA from areas like the collar and armpits to identify the owner. But there was nothing in the reports that I received that said they ever established who the owner of that shirt was. In October of 2005, when Connie was requestioned, she said that she didn't remember the shirt that was found at the crime scene and she didn't even remember being questioned about it. When Frankie Lamar was questioned again in 2006, he recalled being questioned about it extensively. At that time, he was shown a picture of the shirt that the investigator said was found, quote, near Merritt's body, and Frankie told him that he did not specifically remember the shirt and didn't believe that it was his. In 2007, samples of the bloodstains on the shirt were sent into the lab to attempt to obtain a DNA profile to determine if the blood on the shirt was the victim's. Just based on what I'm reading, it feels very much like all the testing related to that shirt was a bust. Although it's possible, with advances in technology, they have done more testing that has not been released. But that shirt was mentioned another time by a witness that crossed paths with Connie's brother Pete in jail not too long after the murder. And old Pete, well, he had a very interesting story to tell to this inmate, rife with details about the murder of Merritt Wheeler. Later, this witness would write down all those details in a letter, and in March of 1981, only five months after the murder, he would pop that letter into an envelope and mail it to the DeSoto County Sheriff's Department. This witness was named Neil Berg, and he was born in Michigan, but at the time, he was an inmate at Doctors Inlet Road Prison in Doctors Inlet, Florida. Investigators were able to confirm that Pete Duell and Neil Berg were incarcerated on the date in question and had shared a cell for a few days at this facility. So let's get right to that letter. While waiting for transfer at Lake Butler, Florida Receiving Medical Center for the Department of Corrections, I ran across an inmate that I had known since I first came into the prison system who was back on a new sentence. While talking to this inmate, Pete Duell, he got to talking about this individual who he says is Indian and who threatened to do great harm to him, Pete. So he ran down what happened, and I don't know if he was just running a story down to me or not, but he detailed what happened that Sunday night and him being responsible for Merritt Wheeler's death. You will know better than me if there's any truth to this, so if it's not true, what he had told me, then what he did tell me doesn't mean much. But if it is true, then maybe what he did say can help you. The diagram is what Pete drew for me, showing me where Merritt Wheeler was found. It happened Sunday night, approximately four or five months ago. There's reason to believe he wasn't by himself and enticed Merritt to come out of the house to investigate some noises around his truck. But he came out in shorts, and at that time he was hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat, was put in the truck, drove to the point in the river in which he was taken out, and put in the river, or canal, face down. Dog was shot with shotgun. Both dog and gun was thrown away. The place was not mentioned. Pete, at some point, put a motorcycle in the back of the truck, then went to Fort Myers. 
claims he stole the bike from and rode it back to Naples, round trip. Took three or four hours. T-shirt was found in the truck full of blood. T-shirt belonged to Frank Lamar, who was going with Pete's sister at times. Merritt threatened to hurt Pete seriously because of bad past relations and Pete running up a large phone bill to his number. Pete claims he was drunk and on drugs when this happened. Frank Lamar knows about this but is not supposed to know everything. Pete thinks he suspects him. The reason Merritt was found in his shorts was because this is the way he came out of the house. The excuse his wife gave police was that he went hunting that Sunday night. Pete stated to me if the police would have investigated a little more, they would have found out he never went hunting on Sunday night because he always had to work Monday mornings about 4 a.m. Pete claims that he has people in Fort Myers who will vouch for his being there at the time Merritt was beaten. Things that Pete told me gave me the impression that there was someone else with him, Merritt being a big man and having the motorcycle in the back of the truck. It was a 750 Kawasaki stolen that same night from Fort Myers. What nationality was Merritt? I would say Indian. Indian. In your mind, who do you think killed Merritt Wheeler? Pete Gould and Connie Wheeler. Do you think there was anybody else involved? No. I don't. Absolutely not. Now, we was talking in the yard, Miss Lady, you indicated being about Connie later and uh, her living with a fellow by the name of James. You didn't right. She had a boyfriend by the name of James. Sometimes. Don't remember his last name, yeah. No, no. Okay. She had one a week, but she lived with James for some time. And uh, James got pretty nasty, and he wouldn't work, and he was just pretty much a deadbeat, and he was always beating on her. And uh, Connie wanted him gone. And then Pete was still around. And... Uh, Pete just told him point blank. I heard him tell her right there in the yard, hey, uh, do you just like I did Merritt give you some cement shoes? Now, I know that Merritt wasn't found with cement shoes, but that was the phrase he used. He'd take care of him just like he did Merritt. And you actually heard Pete tell this truth. Yes, I did. When did you hear Pete tell him that? Well, I was in the yard. I don't know why I was there, but I was with my first old man. And I don't know why I was there, but I was. But after Merritt died, we tried to sort of help out some. You think it had been within a year, year or two? I would that? say it was within uh, maybe six months or a year afterwards. It wasn't, didn't seem like it was long. She was with somebody before the grave was closed. When Pete made the comment about, to James, that he'd kill him like he did Merritt and Alfred and seen that shoes too, uh, did you ever tell anybody what you heard? No. You have to understand, Kurt, that the Sheriff's Department years ago, what you knew you kept to yourself because when it come home, too much come back, too much violence come back to where it come from. There was no 
too much mouth. We had bad law. Yeah. We had some bad law men. And that's why people don't talk. In the next episode, we're going to talk about a pair of boots that Connie's brother Pete ended up with right after the murder. Boots that belonged to Merritt Wheeler. Stay tuned.